This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and we are part of the Believe Podcast Network here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? You can listen to this on multiple directories, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Or you could follow us at, at Believe Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or at Believe.com. Today is a big day in the Believe in the ATP Tour podcast because today we have our first guest ever on the show. Uh, one of my good friends, uh, we taught tennis together at Tennis and Life Camps at Gustavus. He was a four-year player at Gustavus Adolphus College in St. Peter, Minnesota, and now he teaches at Inner City Tennis in Minneapolis. It is Mason Bolchi. Mason, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Jacob. How are you? I'm great. I actually saw Mason last night, and he told me, he goes, I actually follow the tour a lot. Didn't you say that? More than you thought uh, you did? Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, I've gotten, I've gotten pretty into the ATP. Uh, Mason, uh, we were roommates for, what, two months? No, four. Each summer. Two summers in a row, right? Two summers? Yeah. It was two summers in a row. Yeah, I have never met someone who watches tennis more. <laughs> Like, yeah. I didn't think I could get bored watching tennis, but I was like, Mace, we're watching like the qualifiers of the qualifiers hey. to the French Open. And you're like, yeah, dude, if it's sweet. Live, if it's live, it's hard to say no. <laughs> All right. I mean, it's good. It's good to watch the old ones, but, but when you don't know the results, it's just a whole new twist. It's a whole new ballgame. We were watching kids. Oh, totally. We were watching kids who weren't even like ranked anywhere. And they were like, uh, and he's like, he's like, oh my God, you see that backhand? <laughs> Yeah, one of them was probably like Felix, so, you know. Yeah, just, I get I'm it. I'm scouting. I'm starting. I'm starting. I'm young, you know. You got you to gotta find the next up and coming. I get it. I get it. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the City Open in D.C. Uh, a lot of storylines were on this. I talked a little bit about it last week. Um, I talked about, you know, Kyrgios and Sitsipas, and they played doubles, blah, blah, blah. But I want to get your take, Mason, on this was kind of a big win for Nick Kyrgios at the City yeah. Open. and. Even though not a lot of big names were there, he played really well. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, whenever I mean, it just shows whenever he decides he he cares and he wants to focus. I mean, that dude can absolutely take the racket out of your hand and, and can be very tough to stop. And also, I mean, he uh, he makes it very difficult mentally to stay focused and, and to play your game. And you can you can tell anybody who's out there playing against him is trying very hard to stay focused, but. When he puts it all together, man, he can be he can be very tough to beat. It's got to be an absolute nightmare to play him. Like it's got to be the worst. I, 
I mean, even antics aside, if you play someone who serves like that, it's just tough. Like you get you get three break points. It's like the first like hope you've had in the match, and he just pops like three serves a buck thirty-five, and that's that. You know, like it's it's just very tough that alone to stay focused, and then then you add his his personality to it, and man, that yeah, that's tough. And it's got to be hard to play someone, especially on the tour where it's like you literally have to play for money. Like it's not like any other sport where you just get money for playing. You yeah. actually don't make money if you don't win. So it's got to be hard to play him and see like he doesn't, sometimes he just doesn't look like he cares. And oh, then absolutely. he comes out with his that. sheer talent and pushes you to a three setter in like one of those tournaments, you know? I mean, yeah. The other thing is, is like, I mean, I've seen it before. He can tank a set so quickly. It can be 15 minutes in a set and like, he just looks like garbage and then turn around and win the next set, like six, one, six, two, it's just like, he can just turn it on when he, when he decides he cares. But I think that's the biggest battle for him is just, you know, staying, staying mentally with it. I mean, the tour is a grind, so I, I, I don't blame him, but it'd be great if you could put it together a little bit more often. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about um, the whole asking the crowd for the serve and then on match point? Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I really don't mind it, honestly. I think I went to a couple of his matches uh, last year at Cincy, and I mean, I love it. It's so entertaining. Like it's even even last year, like he was he had done some things around that time that I didn't like. You know, I generally cut him a lot more slack than than a lot of people do. But there are times where I think he crosses the line, um, and so I was kind of you know on the fence but you can't you can't stay away from it it's just so entertaining to watch and you just never know what's going to happen um between the way he acts and the way he plays i mean it's i think it's good for the sport and it's entertaining and that um it's something different too i mean if you look at the top guys they've been there for so long and they're so well put together and professional and i mean it's almost robotic you know and so here comes nick just it's a it's a fresh face and it's it's something exciting for the sport um, how much do you like, um, I mean, especially what I think about is like, especially at these smaller tournaments, tennis needs things like that, where even when, sure. even when he brought out the shoes to Sitsi Pass and stuff like, yeah, it's a match, but he, these guys aren't making and breaking their salary at these tournaments. So it's, it's good for them yeah. to at least show, put a little fun in the game and involve people because it's tournaments like these that people really fall in love with tennis because they're not in a stadium yeah. with 23,000 people. They're in a yeah. stadium yeah. with like 200 and they get to watch the best guys in the world play. So yeah. it, it, it's so accessible. I, th- I thought it was great for this war. Um, what do you, th- I need to, I need to get your take on these underhand serves coming from curious because he did it against Nadal at Wimbledon and then yeah. he, he did it in, at the city open in DC. And then the other day against Kyle Edmund in Toronto, he like fake did it and everyone kind of laughed. And, but, but it, it's not a bad play. No, not at all. He's faked it. Um, multiple times. I think like almost every match that I saw him play at the city open, like it could be on in the background and I would see him fake it. It happened against Sugita for sure. It happened against Edmund. Um, and I can't remember who else, but there were at least three matches in that tournament where he faked it. And I really don't mind it. It's, it's strategy. I mean, I think the time where I have a problem with underhand serve is if it is like someone sandbagging, whether like if you're, if you're winning with really easily and you're kind of tooling around with someone, like, I don't like that. If, 
um, if you're getting beat really badly and you just decide you're like, oh, I don't want, I just want to stop trying. I'm just going to like throw it in there just to like kind of mess around. Like, I don't, I don't really like that either. But if it's, I mean, in his case, it's like a strategic thing. Like Rafa is standing how far behind the baseline, like what's Nick supposed to do? Just be like, oh, I guess I can't, you know, I guess he, I just got to let him stand way out there and try and ace him wide. Like, no, it's, it's a, it's a counter move, you know, to, to what Nadal's doing and, and the way that he serves. I don't, I really don't have an issue with it. You you can't not do it too. And his, like you mentioned earlier, he's got so many weapons. His serve is massive. So oh, he has, enormous. he has so many opportunities to do it because everyone stands so far yeah. back, especially Nadal. Yeah. Nadal always stands far back. Yeah. I mean, like I said, what's he supposed to do? Like, Oh, <laughs> Rafa backed up again. I guess, I guess there goes my serve. Like, no, it's, it, it works. Like, it's not like he's messing around either. Like he's, he's winning points off of it because it's a good strategy for him. Um, I, yeah. Um, I, I have no issue. Um, so curious wins DC says it's the biggest, um, tournament he's, he's made. He was a fat child. He's, you know, doing all the rest of the stuff. Uh, good for him. He had a great tournament. I'm glad he said, he said he was like one of the biggest milestones of his career. So, you know, good for him. And DC is a good tournament. It's fun. Um, Let's move on to Toronto. Toronto's this week. Um, big, obviously a big tournament. Everyone plays in the Rogers Cup, uh, except Roger, um, ironically. And Djokovic. And Djokovic. But yeah. uh, Nadal's the one seed, team's the two, uh, Zverev's the three. Zverev. It's a good tournament. Um, but let's. I want to talk about these Canadians first, because there's a lot of hype around these Canadians. Um, we're talking about yeah. FAA, uh, Rayonich, and Shapo. Um, there's a lot of hype around these guys and it has, they had a good year last year and they're really struggling this year. It hasn't been a good year for, except for Felix, except for Felix, but he's still like Canada's got like a spark, but he's still, he's still not like making no, semis, dude. you know, Felix is Felix. Just, I mean, he's also 18. He Totally. I think he just turned He's 18. also 18. Uh, no, he turns 19 tomorrow. You know why I know? Because it's no. close to your birthday. Dude, no. Wait, he... Or is it today? No, I'm pretty sure he has the exact it is today. same birthday as my little brother. Yeah, he does. Oh, it's the day before. It's the day before. Okay, he's one day older than my little brother. So <laughs> it's just funny. So and, he kinda, and it kind of looks similar. So, I, like, right when I saw him, I was like, dang, this dude's birthday is, like, basically the same. Like, that's, like, basically my little brother out there. And they <laughs> look like him. Like, oh, and this dude's sick. Like, okay, I'll get behind he's, ba- he's You're basically related to him. Almost, yeah. I feel that way. Yeah, like I do. I, I pull for him so hard. It he might as well be my brother. What's wrong with um, with Canadian tennis, Mace? Um, I don't. I don't know that I would take it that far. I don't think that it's a Canadian issue. I think it's. Um, I mean, Rayonis has just gotten hurt. I mean, he just retired again. Um, he just can't stay healthy. Um, Shapo, I think Shapo's put on a lot of miles. In the past, like like the end of last year, he kind of started struggling. I think that's why it was. This year, I don't know, but I think I think it's kind of hard. I think when you're the new guy, you know, it's your first time playing like the big three or just anybody who's really solid and, and you know quarters of five hundreds or a thousand thousand level tournaments. Um, but then you know they adjust. Those guys are very smart. Like when you look at like the the dynamic between Fed and Rafa's matches, like every time they play, it's like a little bit different. You know, like. The Australian Open, Roger was just absolutely stepping in on the backhand and, you know, hitting over it, driving it a lot more than he normally would. And so these guys, I think, 
with like Shapo, especially, I think they kind of figured him out. Um, I mean, that dude's got some firepower. I mean, he just, he, he'll put it together, I think. I think for him, it's just, um, he's got to learn how to manage his explosiveness because sometimes he tends to pull the trigger a little bit too quickly or from, from bad positions. But I mean, Shapo's how old now, though? Like 20? Yeah, he's got to be. Yeah, I think he's like 21. Yeah, 20, 21, he's, something like that. Yeah, and then who's the other guy? I mean, Felix. Felix yeah. is just young. I mean, he's, but he's. He, I think he's legit. I think he's. he's I good. see more in him than I do in Sitsipas, to be honest. Like, and I like Sitsipas, but I think I think Felix's ceiling is higher. Yeah, um, I think I think you're right. I think I think uh, Felix is more athletic, and I think he's more aggressive. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I think Sitsipas likes the lifestyle a little too much. <laughs> yeah, he's living life. He's he's a happy guy. Got that YouTube channel. Um, yeah, I like that. I think that's cool. I mean, again, that's another new, fresh take on the tour, you know, and, and being Tennis accessible to fans. And yeah, like it, it being personable. Like I love Roger. Don't get me wrong, but like you don't like see into his life like at all. You know, no one can relate perfect. to that guy. Nobody. No. No. No one can relate to Rafa. No one can relate to Djokovic. No one can relate to any of them. They're just perfect. I mean, like, the discipline that all three of those guys have is just crazy. But It's stupid. It is is crazy stupid. But we got got Shapo. Shapo's – you had a really good point about Shapo. Um, Denis Shapovalov is just – I think you're right. Too many miles. I mean, he came out hot. Yeah. He's been on the tour a few years now. He's really, you know, starting to get – starting to get his miles under him. And I think it's getting to the point where he's like, I can't just run and gun every match. Like I got, there's, yeah. I mean, there's times where you, you have to realize what's important and, uh, you know, uh, f- maybe traveling to Shanghai or Hong Kong for, a ATP 250 or something when yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to play a tournament every single week. You know, and sure. you make it deep in the tournament, and you fly halfway across the world and play again, right away. You know, yeah. he, he doesn't. I need, mean, I think he doesn't need those type of points anymore. If he relaxes a little bit and plays the tournament strategically, kind of like the top guys do. I mean, it's it's really it's tough. It really is. I mean, so like because he put on so many miles last year, he's got a ton of points to defend, right? And if he's not doing yeah. as well, he's gonna feel the need to do it to do it again. Um, I mean, like. It, look at like team had the same thing right he broke through he got way up there and then he kind of fell back a little bit when he when he stopped playing as much um but really the i mean you just need a couple of good tournaments um you know just a couple here or there where if you're picking up good chunks of points i mean it's like how's tiafo still like in the i want to say like mid 30s to 40s like he's he's got a terrible record but like <laughs> He he made a run. He made a run at the Australian, and he yeah. picked up a ton of points there. And I think there was another tournament. I, he did well in Miami, I think. He did really well in Miami. Uh, but like outside of that, he's had a lot of like pretty disappointing losses. But he's doing all right because he had those those tournaments where he picked up big chunks. He's, um, he's too inconsistent, isn't he? He is. Like there are just flashes where like, when I watch him, it's like, oh yeah, he's figuring it out. Like he's got it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I really hope he he continues to take a step forward. And I mean, he's also pretty. I want to say he's twenty one. Yeah, he's young too. 
there's a lot of good young talent coming into the game. It's just a matter of when is our old talent going to leave, which might not be for another seven, eight years until they're all gone. I mean, Fed turned 38 today. Like, dude, what? Yeah, he'll be, dude, he's got to be out within the next three to four. Right? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's too. I mean, I, I just, I'm grateful for every second we get with him, man. Like, because. <laughs> I mean, like, I know he can still play, but he's also so, like, I don't know, like, mentally, like, he's, he knows himself so well that he's just, at any point I could see him just be like, you know what, I'm I'm good. I, I'm happy with, with where I'm at. Like, I think he wants right to squeeze everything he can out of it, though, you know? I think so, and, and I think he does still enjoy it, but if he starts to not enjoy it, like, who knows, man? I th- yeah, but I th- also think he realizes – when he's done, he's done. Like this isn't a, yeah. this isn't an Andy Roddick. I'm gonna retire when I'm young. This is like a, this is like a. When I retire, I am like I am done, and that's why he's still yeah. playing at 38. I think because oh, he's sure. like, when I retire. Like when I retire, I want my body to be like literally. There'll be no doubt. I can't like I can't move. You know. Yeah, for sure. And he's not going to pull a Andy Murray and retire and have surgery and come back. Like, he's going to be. Yeah, he's I mean, going to be he done. Is he just back now? I mean, is he just with I, Murray? Is he? I don't understand. Like, did he not think the surgery was not going to work? Or like, yeah, is what? he just way surprised? I don't know. It's it's just interesting to hear him like publicate that. Like, I'm done. Like, really put it out in the media and like put it everywhere and have his farewell tour at the Aussie, and then have yeah, this surgery and then be like. Yeah, surgery worked. Yeah, I'm like, what? Were, were you doubting it? Like, what were you doubting? You know, I don't think he thought he would recover that well. Really, I mean, that that had to have been what he. What he said the other day he wants to play singles. Like, I mean, like, why? I be- Just stay doubles, dude. You don't need the money. You're, yeah, you don't. You're not going to win. I don't brother. think he can win singles anymore. No, I mean. Unless he's able to somehow come back higher than where he left off, but I, I like, don't think he can. Do I, that. I don't know. He was not moving well at all at the end, and you, and I think it could hold up for a little bit, but I don't know. And all right. I, all right, Mace, I, I I need your U.S. Open predictions. We're a couple weeks away. Um, where do they go? They go to Cincy first, right? The tour goes to Cincy. Yeah. And so, but we're a couple weeks away from the greatest Grand Slam ever known to man. Um, and I, I don't think you'd argue that. No, not at all. And um, I'm finally getting, I'm finally getting out there this year. Yes. Yes, you are. I'm, I'm going to be out there too. You're going to meet me out there. That's right. We are. Um, we'll, we'll catch up then on the podcast. Um, oh, absolutely. you guys might hear another snippet of Mason Bolchi in New York, New York version. Um, oh, yeah, we, we'll what's, your, what's your predictions? You think, who do you think is going to make a run? Who do you think is going to underdog it? Um, do you think the big, now it's the big three, you think they'll do the same old, same old, or what do you got here? Um, I think the big three will win. So the, I think, I mean, not win-win, but like they'll at least quarters for all three of them. I mean, it depends on their draw. Um, let me think. I think I could see Nick making a run, although he did just lose. Um, I, I, I'm going to predict he makes quarters. Yeah, but he lost, but he came off a long week. I don't think that was a real, yeah. loss. I don't take that as a yeah. real loss. Going to uh, the city open, then straight to Toronto. That sucks. Straight, straight there. Yeah. I, 
I agree with that assessment. Um, he, yeah, so I think he'll make a run. Let me think, who else do I like? I mean, it's like I almost my, – my predictions are sadly very very much just uh, what I want to have happened. Like I want to say I'll see Felix making a run. <laughs> I was going to say, like you're going to say FAA. <laughs> actually, you know who I could see is, is Hercash. He lost. But I like I like his game a lot. The big the big dude from Poland. Oh you yeah. You know him or no? Mhm mhm. I've seen yeah. him play like once. Yeah, he's uh I think he's pretty solid. I think he's got a future future ahead of him. Um, let me think. It's hard it's I hard like. to go against a big three though. Winning it, you know. I mean, yeah, I, I think it really depends on the draw. I think whoever, I think that the person who doesn't have to beat them both. Is, is the one that I like, you know, so, so is Djokovic and Wimbledon. Um, I think there's a chance. I, I don't know for sure. I'd have to look again, but I think there's a chance that fed could jump over Rafa here. If Rafa doesn't do well in Toronto, yeah, but um, Rafa's rolling because, in Toronto so far. Yeah. Yeah. Last year. So, I mean, there's, there's a decent amount of points to defend. So, I mean, even if he loses like his, if he were to lose the next match or the one after, I think there's a chance Fred would uh, jump over him. Oh, but that'd be nice. So, so I mean, if that that wouldn't really flip anything though, because they'd probably still be playing each other. But yeah, I think I think those three probably make the semifinal, and the person who plays someone who is not in the big three will be the person that that'll win it. What are you most excited so, about New York, Mace? Um, man, just to get to the open, man, I got, I'll have some meetings and stuff, you know, cause I'm like a big wig now, all important and everything, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or at least I try to act, I try to act like, I yeah, do. that's but, good. Yeah. I think, uh, when I'm not there, I'm going to be at the open and just, just living it up. Um, I, I think seeing tennis in person is like my favorite thing in the whole world. So, um, I'm just excited, excited to be there and give it a whirl. All right, Mace. Thanks for coming on. If if anybody's yeah, thanks for having me, bro. Uh, people listening, Mason will be a reoccurring guest every once in a while because he knows a lot about the tour, and you obviously know that from listening today. Um, no, we even had a conversation like a couple weeks ago about the podcast, and we started talking tennis, and we're like, "Whoa, we need to we need to save this for the mic because it's too good." Uh, every 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 conversation with Mace about tennis is pretty unbelievable, but. Uh, thanks for coming on. What is it? Uh, Instagram at Mason Bulchi. At Mace Bulchi, M-A-S-B-U-L-T-J-E. I uh, I'm not much of a social media presence, but uh, maybe that'll change now that I'm on the show and I'm uh, you can see all famous and everything. So you can see him and his fantastic girlfriend, Katie. Yeah, um, absolutely. She's she's great. She's awesome. Um, but yeah. So thanks for coming on. I appreciate your time. And uh, those of listening, get used to him. He'll he'll be around a lot. So thanks, Mace. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. It was great talking to you. That was Mason Bulchi, former Division Three tennis player at Gustavus Adolphus College and now teaches at Inner City Tennis in Minneapolis. Um, as you can see, he knows a lot about the tour. He likes to talk about it. Um, he's really big into you know, tennis TV where he even watches matches. He doesn't even know who's playing. So he's always great to have on the show. Like I said, he'll be back. Um, remember, you can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Um, also on the website at Believe.com. And at Believe Podcast, if you want to comment or talk to uh, me or the Believe Cast, if you're interested in advertising for the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. But you can contact me directly 
if you'd want to. Any comments, concerns, uh, questions for the show, at JJ Sersosimo on Twitter and at Jacob Sersosimo on Instagram. Once again, thanks for listening today, and we will see you next week. That was Mason Bolchi, former Division Three tennis player at Gustavus Adolphus College and now teaches at Inner City Tennis in Minneapolis. Um, as you can see, he knows a lot about the tour. He likes to talk about it. Um, he's really big into you know, tennis TV where he even watches matches. He doesn't even know who's playing. So he's always great to have on the show. Like I said, he'll be back. Um, remember, you can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Um, also on the website at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast if you want to comment or talk to uh, me or the Believe cast. If you're interested in advertising for the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com, but you can contact me directly if you want to. Any comments, concerns, uh, questions for the show, at JJ Sersosimo on Twitter and at Jacob Sersosimo on Instagram. Once again, thanks for listening today, and we will see you next week. That was Mason Bolchi, former Division Three tennis player at Gustavus Adolphus College and now teaches. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.